This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hi, LS Pod fans. It's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin' or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off can be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com Acrobatic clearance by Swindon from Kinsella. Clever touch from Kemp now. This goes down the right-hand side for Young to chase. And Young has it. And Young can run at the defender Bernard. And he chips it across the box and Forest Green had it clear. As far as Kemp. Who can oh. it outside the box and send Swindon into the lead against the Leeds bottom side. Rogers is streaking ahead and he's onside. Beautiful play. That is that. What a good shot. Very good. Had a lovely Christmas. Thank you. Oh. Been hectic. How about you? Yeah, very much the same, but elated. Swindon have got three points to end what has been a bang average year. <laughs> well, yeah, a few fourth storms in there as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, here's to 2024, eh? I'm sure it'll be worse or better. Here is to 2024. But first, some sad news prior to the game. The announcement that well-known and much-loved supporter Dan the Fan Johnson had passed away at the age of just 38. Dan was familiar to many for the regular Swindon Town columns he wrote over the years. Firstly, with the advertiser and affiliated publications, and then with the trust on their website. Dan's efforts were part of many town supporters weekly routine following the club he was an optimistic follower of Swindon his work was measured and he found the right balance and tone whether Swindon were enjoying good times or enduring tougher moments the county ground applauded for a minute when 38 appeared on the scoreboard in his honour our thoughts 
are with his brother Adam, his family, Dan's family and friends. Dan, this is just heartbreaking news to end the year. Absolutely heartbreaking. It kind of caught me on the hop the other day, I've got to say. Um, I've, I've met Dan and Adam a few times on away days and they're a lovely family. Um, I've had sort of internet dealings with Dan the fan in my role with the trust, you know, receiving that weekly column, sort of doing a bit of proofreading and you know, sending that across to the sort of trust's website guy uh, to to publish. And yeah, like you, Rich, I've probably been reading his stuff for, what, what was it, about 12, 13 years uh, on the advert and then um, through the Trust STFC website. So it's an awfully sad one um, and a stark reminder you know, to live life to the fullest. Um, 38 is no age. Hug your loved ones and um, yeah, appreciate what you've got, folks, because it's um, oh, just what an awful time of year as well. I just feel dreadfully for them. dreadful. Yeah, yeah, um, hugely appreciative. And and he was he was he was the longest serving provider of fan content. Really, there was no fanfare, there was no attention seeking. He just wrote his column, and we read it exactly that. And I think the point you made about being quite calm, quite balanced, certainly something you can say for Dan, in my experience. You think over that 12 or 13 years, just as a microcosm of Swindon Town's history, you know, a period that's been really turbulent, had a bit of everything, you know, from um, sort of you know, early days Fitton, 09-10, season with Austin and Painter, then doomed relegation, Decanio madness, and now this sort of Lee Power and onwards era where a few false dawns, Tim Sherwood, oh God, like... It's been a mad, mad 12 or 13 years and um, he's had plenty to write about. What a shame. We won't be reading another column from Dan the Fan. Well, Swindon Town have won a game. It wasn't pretty. I think uh, this episode's summary that is quicker than what we could ever do uh, is from Mr Braindown, who caught my attention, did Brendan, uh, with this tweet uh, it was like watching two dirty drunks with no care for personal hygiene and had both managed to piss themselves slugging it out in a supermarket car park ugly uncoordinated and undignified but quite exhilarating to watch all the same and yet we're going to talk for 45 minutes or so <laughs> only 45 yeah <laughs> but no excellent summary um this was some proper League two, horrible, festive cheer. <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't matter because we got three points. There are obviously going to be things we're going to talk about because it wasn't one of our better displays. Um, predictably, it wasn't a great game as discussed. And I mentioned it on the on the press, I didn't expect it to be one for quality. But can we take a moment to really acknowledge how dreadful Forest Green Rovers? were it, it, they kind of reminded me for very probably probably unfair reasons because we were in league one but it kind of reminded us of our relegation side after the playoffs with De Sevi and and Austin mm-hmm. for the majority of the season plenty of names because I look at Forest Green's team both the 11 that they fielded at the county ground and generally their squad and I think how on earth are they bottom of the league? They'll be fine. And then I watched them play, and now I'm like, ooh, 
Maybe not. Um, never. I, I was talking to friend of the pod, Paul Temple, before the game. And he was saying, I, I think this is the perfect time to play Forest Green Rovers because there's no way Del Vince is going to allow them to go down. So they're going to be busy in January. And, well, it, it proved he might just have been right. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, I actually thought they played some pretty good stuff in the reverse fixture back in August. Um, that was obviously early days of Mr. Horseman, the new manager. Um Red card seemed to turn that game and Blake Tracy lashed in the late winner. So I certainly wasn't expecting to see Forest Green where they are now with only four wins and was it 16 points on the board? Mm. Um, I suspect that there is probably still a route out of the mess and that route out is probably January. But, um, you know, throwing another four or five signings at it, um, it's a pretty blunt tool. Um, and actually, you look at some of the names in their squad, um, and in recent years, there's some players that I would I would love to have had at Swindon Town in League Two. Players like Callum Morton, who I remember watching in the playoffs for Northampton when he was on loan from West Brom, was it? Yeah, yeah. Thinking, you know, this this ginger being pole, he looks really handy. I'd love to have him up front for Swindon Town, but he barely made an impact on the match. You got you know players at the back like Ryan Innes and Don Bernard. You know, he's just played a season in League One as well. Um, you know, Francati Dabo, who missed a penalty to send Coventry to the Premier League. Uh, Luke Daniels, an experienced keeper. Um, I just, it's it's hard to fathom. And I think the 10-11 the comparison um, is a good one, Rich, because sometimes there is just something in the ingredients, the way they mix together, that means you do have something of a, a doomed set of players who, who can't quite play together. But, you know, even up front, Matty Stevens, yeah, obviously played under Flynn at Warsaw. Um, Matty Taylor, who, you know, other than the Oxford link, you know, that would have been a good pickup in the summer on reputation alone. Um, it is hard to fathom, but I don't really care. Um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if Nails Worth want to drop into the non-league again, that's absolutely wonderful. It's one of the worst away days yeah. on the circuit. Um, awful stand, horrible steward in get piss wet when uh <laughs> do you remember was it joseph mills scored two late goals and we threw yeah. away a two goal lead and it was about one degree and we all soaked oh, oh no. good joy. times good times go. yeah god i forgot about morton when he was oh, when, he, when he was a yeah. world beater early on when he was on like i think it was west brom wasn't it where i think was, it was west brom yeah yeah it was west brom i forgot about that but yeah quite right and and i have to say quite a prickly fan base um not just online but it, you know when you have these local games like i i come into swindon from the train station and for the reasonably local games newport cheltenham bristol rovers you know all the hits there has there's a police presence it, it wasn't too busy but they were needed after the game it kind of kicked off near the train station and you know Ooh. usually there's there's mild attention but forest green massive um yeah quite Quite a prickly bunch. Wow. Yeah. These these quiet village types. These quiet um, village types. Yeah. Exactly. They just got, well, you know, big day out in the big city. <laughs> Get to go on a steam locomotive, you know. Oh, and they oh, and they, they did like uh they, they did like the inbreeding and roundabouts chant. Um and that's which... very rich. <laughs> very rich coming from the Stroud Valley. 
<laughs> the last time I've heard a fan singing that, it was Melksham, and I've never been so confused and offended in all my life. St. <laughs> County. Up the yellows, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Oh, well. Um, we wish them well for the remainder of the season. Uh, but, yeah, they were, mm, they were dreadful. Yeah. Um, Line-up for Swindon. Uh, Lewis Ward in goal. We had a more familiar back three line, which... At six forty-five, I was kind of relieved with it didn't quite play out the way I would have liked. But it was Minton, Bruitt, and Godwin Malife, and uh, then Shade and Hutton on the wings. There were Kinsella and Khan in the middle, Kemp just ahead, and then up front, Young and Austin. We'd be saying hello uh, to alumni and Katy Dabber. As he said, "What on earth is he doing down there? He was taking a penalty in the Championship playoff final, and Marcel Lavinier, the, the make weight." Um, for uh, Dokes in the mm. summer, neither of which played particularly well, which was good. Um, but in terms of Swindon's lineup, before the game started, it was kind of reassuring that we had familiarity at the back. I, I, I've said it before, I don't think there's a combination back three at this club that works generally, but it's better than Kokolo and, and Khan at the back. Oh gosh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, yeah. oh, they did their best, didn't they? Uh, but now I think, I mean, Flynn's alluded to it in some of the stuff he said publicly. I think having the three at the back does get better out of Hutton and particularly Shade, where Shade is, you know, a natural winger kind of, you know, trying to fit in as as a wing back and and do a bit of his defensive work too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, on paper, Godwin Malief, Bruett, Minton. You know, you're only you're only an FBT short of your first choice defence there from the, the early part of the season. Uh, not ideal to have sort of right footed Minton on the left of the three. Mm. Um, I guess you know he's the youngest, so uh, he gets shoved out there. Uh, but yeah, it, it didn't quite play out that way, did it, Rich? It looked fairly chaotic, far too open, um, and this is without. Forest Green having that many chances throughout the match, it still felt like a real Achilles heel on the night, and it was going to trip us up at some point. Yeah, um, yeah. We obviously we will cover, and yeah. we are on Zoom, so if we talk over each other, apologies, everybody, but that Zoom for you. Um, there was no Williams Cocolo, um, which was kind of one of those moments where, like in the presser before, there was talk about or there was questions about well. When does his contract run out and are you in talks? Is it a done deal? And it sounded like it was very much up in the air. And the first lineup since then, he's not in it, but he's poorly sick is, is the official line. Oh, yeah. He's clearly had some of the same lasagna as uh, our Godwin Malief. Um <laughs> Whoever's selling these lasagnas in Old Town, please stop. You're robbing Swindon Town of defenders. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. You could be cynical, couldn't you? It's mm. easy. To be cynical, the last game before uh, the new year when we think his contract expires. But yeah, I suppose at face value, he's ill and we had enough men just to juggle it around. And actually, as it happened, I think having Shade at left wing back on the night, he was probably, you know, up there with Ward and definitely with Kemp, sort of some of our best players on the night. So yeah, you know, Shade's had a good little three or four days. Um, the age-old question always will be, how do we get that shade every week? Yeah. Um, just getting a, a bit more consistent, you know, it's going to make him a, a much bigger impact player for Swindon. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah. Keep it up, Shady. Indeed. So before we get to your notes, as you always love to provide, and we always appreciate it because they're always, especially when I go to the games, it's 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 so much hard to prep these pods because yeah. I can barely remember anything that happened. But this this game was very much bookended by two huge moments that ultimately went the way of town on both occasions. The first one, and I know you missed it, was in the opening seconds where Moses she parted the Swindon seas and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and wow, I'm, I'm still watching the highlights over and over again and wonder, like obviously Forest Green fans will be saying that's that's a free kick and a sending off and we've been really let down here. But my question, and if I was a Swindon fan, I'd be wanting that as well. But why is he searching for it instead of just rounding Ward and putting it in the back of the net? Yeah, well, first things first, I've seen a couple of angles. So I've seen the highlights angle. I've tried to pause it as best I can. I think there is some contact. Mm. However, I don't think Ward nibbles. If he was a batsman outside off stump, I don't think he's he's moved towards the ball. I think Ward has kind of held his ground, which has helped him. He's not shaped to go that way with the striker. I think the strikers kind of initiated the contact, um, you know, however morally right or not that is. And I think, yeah, the, he kind of it looked like he was on the way down. He looked like he was looking for it. And maybe that combined with the fact that Ward kind of held his nerve and stayed still. The refs just not had the cojones to, to blow his whistle. And yeah, Oh, but yeah, anyway, like you say, I, I hadn't yet made it up to the seat. It was quite a boozy pre-match. We had a bit of a Hunt family do. Okay. Which is a, a good crack. But um, we heard the sort of consternation and thought, oh, God, let's hope <laughs> that's at the right end of the pitch. <laughs> well, it's... It, but yeah, I mean, had it been given, it would have been a red, surely. If it's outside the box, it, it, yeah. it's, it, and, it, and it was outside the box. And I mean... The rhetoric change at that point, if that happens, Redmond Evans on well, the bench must have been like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in a VAR world, Redmond Evans would have definitely been going through his very final warm-ups, wouldn't he, on the side of the pitch. Um, and and the, there are there are town fans reading across social media and beyond that that just outright think that wasn't a foul and that that, he's, that the players died. I I I, I thought at the time, oh, I was worried. I've looked it's a grey area. Yeah, it's a grey area. But I think he's dangled. He, I've, I've seen, I've, I've, you know, even in Fiverside, I've seen people do this, where, you know, or, or, or sort of park football, where goalie comes out and the forward player can just dangle their leg to find that connection. But just round mm. the keeper, man. I know, like, in the grander scheme of things, Ward gets sent off. They're down. We're down to ten men for ninety minutes, and we've got a rookie in goal. I get it, but when you're bottom of the league, goals, man, goals. Hey, yeah. Well, <laughs> he's got to live with what he did. Um, and shame on him. <laughs> well, I don't know. Does Swindon being at home? Does it being so early? Do those things help? 
the ref be slightly more indecisive? Well, let's 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 talk about the offici yeah. officiating from this game generally, if you don't mind, because as you know, it, it's an area which I really don't like to focus on. I don't like to focus on a referee's performance or a, a or an assistant official because. I, I think generally a team can win a game by, you know, getting the efforts in and so forth. But this was a slack one and it was a frustrating um, officials performance. Both the referee and the assistant on the Don Rogers side, um, really skinny guy, but he was <laughs> so off it. Um, it, it so many, um, I think, offsides that he didn't call for both sides over the 90 minutes. But Interesting. But the official, he <laughs> um, just seemed to get all the little things wrong, really. And then the big one at the end, Mr. Simpson, where he, he wasn't playing advantages to t both sides. Yeah. He, his, his, his sort of forward thinking was all over the shop. And then he was card happy as well and really added to just the awfulness that was the first half. Yeah, I mean... When you've got two poor sides, two low on confidence sides, sort of bitty stop start match isn't going to aid it. Let's put it that way. Um, on the bookings, I I thought, you know, there was quite a few little niggly professional fouls from Forest Green. I, and obviously, with my Swindon hat on, I wasn't too upset to see a few yellow cards bandaged. I think you're right to call out the the lack of foresight, um, uh, sort of midway. Through that opening period, there was a Dabo foul on Shade, which Dabo got booked for. But the ball had gone on to Khan. He was about to take a left foot shot on the angle, sort of left six yard box, which puzzling why the referee called that back before Khan had the chance to shoot. Um, so that, that one certainly miffed the town fans, and Kemp sort of curled the free kick straight into the wall, which didn't help. Um, the other one. <clears throat> which we must talk about. I think it was... I think it was still 1-0. A Forest Green player running alongside uh, Adoka Godwin-Malief, sort of about to go through. I think there was a very clever little tug back by Godwin-Malief, just subtle enough um, to get away with it. And the Forest Green player didn't hit the deck, um, which helped our case again. And Godwin-Malief was able to get back with his pace and sort of make a clearing tackle. But that, that looked a foul to me and the people sat around me too, sweating on that one. And then, of course, the penalty, which was a bit baffling, really. Oh, um, a terrible one, wasn't it? Terrible I mean, one. Also, just at, looking at the rules of the game, a high boot would constitute an indirect free kick unless the referee thinks it's dangerous. But I think you could make a very good case that Young wasn't swinging a leg wildly at head high. It was more the, the Forest Green player had hunched down and Young had been unsighted. He's tracking the ball. sort of His head turns as the ball comes with him. I don't know. Maybe there was an element of the ref trying to even things up a little bit there. Uh, Deeney had given him a, a massive earful about <laughs> the match and had his marching orders. And then even, you know, there was other words straight after that as well. So... Yeah, I, interesting the evening, put that. I'm sure the Forest Green fans are feeling very bitter about the world, but... Meh. Um, meh. 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 So we, we, we've covered Forest Green. We've covered the officiating. Now we can really focus on, on the Swindon element of this.
but it, it wasn't <laughs> down to the officials why that that first half was just terrible wasn't it i mean it, i i didn't i wasn't watching it and going this is terrible and we're going to lose i was watching it going my goodness this is league 2 in all its ugly glory yeah well perhaps fitting the the highlight of the first half was probably the minutes applause for Dan the fan which was beautifully observed on the 38th minute um but other than that this was kind of the first half that should have been in the Barrow game where you know we should have been going in nil nil in that one as well which was absolutely torrid stuff um again just two very low on confidence sides um I don't think Forrest Green particularly threatened us. Um, until injury time, really. Until they scored. Until injury, injury time, the whole time, match. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Swindon sort of laboured uh, through various attacks, not particularly leading, leading to many chances. Um, I can think of a Jake Young chance where he got in down the right um, and had he got his head up a little bit better, I think he could have played the ball forward slightly more for an Austin tap-in or cut it back slightly more for Kemp to sweep home. He kind of did neither and, and hit the Forest Green man, which is very frustrating. We also had um, a little flash of Tyree's shade cutting in on the left shot from distance um, and his stinging shot was parried by the keeper and unfortunately didn't go out to a, a Swindon man following up. But other than that, Rich, it was... Pretty poor fare for your £27 to get in on the night. Yeah, definitely cashing in on one of my free games Ooh, uh, for yes. that one. Well, <laughs> there's the deal. So anyway, headed down for a, a halftime beer. Yes. Uh, and everyone around us kind of looking at each other thinking, what on earth? God, if we can't even beat these. But yeah, the, the second half was much more watchable. And oh, it was. Hopefully we can talk about that. It was it was it was tremendous. It was tremendous fun, but not pretty. <laughs> Still, and no, they no, made no. a couple. They, they made a couple of changes at halftime. They brought on Lavinia for his return, and uh, I think Alfie Bendel came on for for from Cathy Dabo. Um, and nothing really changed from their side of things, and nothing. It, it just it was the duke out that I was expecting. I think across the half, and. That sometimes in in these sort of games you need the standout player, and he, you know, Kemp wasn't the standout player across the ninety minutes, but he can do that thing in one moment where, like, in the example being the first goal, where that ball was in the moment it left his boot, and it was just so needed because Forest Green was starting to to flirt with annoying our evening. Yes. Um well yeah before before the Kemp goal we'd had a another parried shot from distance from Khan, which um was a lot better than his late in the game Rexon effort, if you remember that. Oh one. but wait, I mean can we I mean that Forest Green effort was possibly the worst shot I've oh, ever Oh we're seen. getting to that. <laughs> Good. As long as it's marked we're gonna to get to it. It needs it needs time to breathe. But yes, <laughs> shot. And and Luke Daniels in that terrible yellow with a bit more of a different colour yellow top. His, his handling wasn't great and we didn't capitalise. And there was one where I felt like if we would have been a bit more canny, we would have got to it. But um yeah, it, yeah. at least he got it on target. 
Exactly, hit the target, buy a ticket, win the raffle and all that. But no, let's talk about Daniel Kemp, our on-loan midfield star. Because what you see with goal one and goal two, for that matter, is just you can't teach class. Like He's just, whatever it is at this level, he's got it. Just that poise, that snap, touch, bang, like, Right foot touch, left foot shot before the keeper was set. And it was just the sort of moment of quality that this game's screaming out for. Um, and actually, you know, it, it was it came from a quite sustained forest green attack. Mm-hmm. A couple of half clearances. I think Kinsella did well to contort his body to get one ball away. Um, bit of ricochet and then edge of the box. Nice touch. Kemp involved right at the start on the edge of our own box. Um, a counter-attack stemming from a, a Hutton ball down the right to Young, which was beautifully measured. Young dribble, 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 cross in, weak-headed clearance back out to Kent, who sort of, you know, sprinted 60, 70 yards at the pitch at this point. And like I say, just, you can't, you can't teach it. It's just touch, shot. And it's just instinctive. It was beautiful. The keeper wasn't set. And thank God we'd seen something worth paying the money to come in for. And it was, it was a great goal. And then what was your take on the celebration, Rich? Well, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll deal with Kemp and his possible exit once we get to full time. But I, I didn't see it. I was too busy just, you know, <laughs> celebrating, looking to the skies and thinking, thank goodness. Um, but the, the celebration for those who haven't seen it, and I imagine everyone has, was him doing the pointing down. Um, in a way that a lot of fans were very happy with because it suggested uh, I'm here to stay. But this is just merely chapter one on an odyssey. I I, I say this um, the way I do because I'm quite relaxed about what's happening over January. If, if players go, they go. If they stay, they stay. It's brilliant. And we'll, we'll, we, we've got bigger fish to fry and that's saving the season. Um, Kemp staying would be a big part of that. But... I don't know. I mean, it's hard to analyse when you see what happens during the second celebration, full time and the the tweets from players afterwards. But at this moment in time, it's just such a Kemp finish. And I'm, I'm just so happy I saw it. Yeah, beautiful stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, pointing to the ground, pointing on his number on his back. You just don't know, dear. You just, you just know. know. You just know. <laughs> what, we, what we do yeah. know, what we do know, is Carl McAllister um, has a wild left foot. Uh, yeah, it's been a big Christmas for the McAllisters. Um, Always is. I've seen them leave their child at home twice. Um, <laughs> it should be in jail, if you ask me. But yeah, um, one of the McAllister crew hit one of the greatest shots I've ever seen uh, from quite a good position, actually. Not long after Town had gone one 0 up. Uh, left-footed man cutting in from the right on his left foot and very, very nearly hitting the core, um, the floodlight in the corner of the Stratton Bank and the Arkles. Yeah. It was fantastic. Oh, just, just amazing. And just, and it, it, it must have been really frustrating for the what four hundred and eighty-five. Forest Green Rovers uh, 435, fans. Four hundred and thirty-five, Rich. Well, Let's my not apologies. Come, Come on, apologies. And because um, shortly after that, there was the incident with the push on the back, and I think it was actually 
and, and those around him saying that was actually good defending because I saw it and I was like, ooh, and if, if he goes down recklessly or, flat, or a bit OTT, then again, it might be in a penalty. And I do wonder if these moments play on the minds of referees when they're giving away such ridiculous decisions in the 98th minute or whatever it was, because if, if yeah, it, it's just, it just wasn't going their way, but I was looking at the Forest Green Rovers bench and it, I don't think it's unfair to say when you get to the 60th minute, 65th minute, you start thinking, what's their bench looking like? And you do see names on there. One being Matty Taylor. And you think we need one more. And Matt Taylor did come on and to the booze. And I said at halftime, I'm not comfortable with Matty Taylor being on the mm -hmm. on the bench for them. Well, if you recall, he put in one of the great substitute appearances at the new lawn back in August. Yeah. And somebody clipped up his half hour on the pitch. <laughs> I mean, it was just absolutely <laughs> dreadful. So um at the very least he's avenged that. He's a bit like was... he's a bit like Dom Telford for me. I oversee him and he scores and plays really well, or he's he's he has an absolute stinker, nothing in between. Yeah, uh, he's kind of you know, a good Swindon comparison. Might be Nicky or Jose. Mm. Um just your out and out goal scorer. Um but you know, when you're not giving them chances, they don't necessarily contribute much to the team. So yeah, I mean he's had a good career annoyingly. Um and like you you do get that horrible feeling when he comes on. Um, yeah. But yeah, I was also very pleased to see him not on the pano at the end. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, 100%. That, that's up to then. But I mean, if you want to do narrative, you should have let him take the pano for us, Green. Come on. All day long. All day long. <laughs> All day oh. long. Give him the moment. But no, shall we talk about um, Swindon nearly making it 2-0? Yeah, go on then. Yeah, so... Um, yeah... Sort of, it was a bit end to endy, I'll say. Swindon did look hopeless at the back for most of the night, but generally in the second half, our attacking output was better anyway. Uh, a few more things coming off for us. So, um, yeah, we had a nice um, Kemp right wing cross, which went all the way through to Shade um, at the back post. He did his token sort of check inside, hit a nice shot, which deflected onto the crossbar, and luckily. Um, that would have been a very nice goal. And you know, I think befitting of Shade's last couple of appearances, actually, if he'd um, had netted then. Um, so anyway, corner comes to nothing. Further on. Oh, yeah. Do you recall, Rich? So there was a couple of waves of Forest Green attack. I've regained my train of thought now. <laughs> and Was it Hutton? And a Forest Green player did like a wrestling type DDT come suplex. There like was break dancing bit on the floor. The ref played <laughs> on. And that led to a couple of block shots from Forest Green. I think Bunker had the second shot blocked. Um, and then Hutton, perhaps in revenge mode, had a petulant swipe at someone and gave away a free kick by the by the corner flag. So yeah, there were there were some warning shots. Um there was also a quite disappointing effort uh by Charlie Austin to sweep one home. From a, uh, a Swindon right wing cross, uh, came through to Austin at the back post, and again it would have been sort of textbook Austin really if he if he'd found the corner with that one. He kind of snatched at it a bit and put it wide, uh, and then shortly after that, unfortunately for us, it was um, 
it was 1-1 and the ex-Oxford band Matty Taylor was on the score sheet. Hi Rich, just a reminder to let you know I'm on Points West again tonight so make sure you tune in. Oh no, here I am holidaying in Europe and I'm going to miss Dan's latest appearance talking about another deep side town performance on the television. Unless... <laughs> of course, I can use my NordVPN subscription. NordVPN allows you to watch sporting events, TV shows and films which aren't available in your region by switching your virtual location with one click to a country which is showing the content. So I'll never miss another Points West with Dan ever again. Huzzah! NordVPN acts as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive information like card details and passwords from falling into the wrong hands. NordVPN is the price of a cup of coffee per month, and one NordVPN account can be used across six devices. So to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash loafstrangers. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the podcast along the way the link is in the podcast episode description box lovely stuff hi ls pod fans it's jr here enthusiastic contributor and former swindon mcdonald's employee farewell outlet village one time i got to serve the then swindon manager roy evans yes i know what you're wondering big mac with medium fries and admittedly why roy may have regretted some choices at sm1 well you can't go wrong with the classics and you can't go wrong with muck delivery where instead of you getting in a time machine and coming to me your favorites can come to you order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com turn out to uh, shade on the left-hand side nice link with khan here shade's got away from the vineyards into the penalty left-hand side tries the I predicted this game would be 2-0. I gave it the leap of faith. And for a lot of that time, I thought we might do it. And not necessarily, as we'll discuss, was because we were so solid. Lewis Ward didn't have much to do. No. You know, other than practice his distribution and his kicking, which needs some work. Um, he, he didn't have a great deal. There was there were no moments or anything like yeah. that beyond the, the 30th second. So it was really annoying that they scored because it didn't come out of nowhere. But it, and again, it was, we were, we were masters of our own <laughs> plight in, in that moment because it's just awful defending. And I, I guess this is, is as good a time as any to talk about the defensive display, which across the board, across the three, it was disjointed. Passes were being mis- misplaced almost every time. They were getting, I mean, positioning-wise, they were drifting all over the shop. Not something that's particularly new this season, but it's what it's what created this goal for Forest Green largely. Yes, um, you know, sometimes individuals have shockers. <laughs> which leads to them looking shocking as a collective. I've, it was kind of one of these nights. And luckily, as we've said a few times now, Forest Green, poor side, low confidence, and um, didn't really exploit the openings uh, all the way through the night. On this particular occasion, though, we had um, 
sort of Forest Green building an attack down the right. Lavinia involved. Uh, Tom Brewett, the sort of middle of the three, dragged right out onto the left-hand touchline. Harrison Minton, sort of like another five yards at the pitch, even further left, tracking his man. And I, th- I suppose on one hand, I would give some credit to the discipline of Kinsella and Khan, who sort of had filled in to the sort of central centre-back positions. Um, but they were kind of marking space rather than men. Yeah. Um, Khan caught in no man's land a bit, a little ball down the side of him, which allowed the the cutback to, to Taylor to finish under a little bit of pressure for Kinsella, but um, sort of Taylor had the run on him. The sort of striker's instincts won the day. But yeah, I mean, I imagine <laughs> that analysis session, the, the question will be asked, how did we come to have two of our back three at left back? Where was Shade? I can only imagine he was higher up the pitch on the left-hand side. Mm. Um, yeah, giving credit to Cancelo and Khan for at least being, trying to be in the, in the right position, but they're not centre-halves. No. Yeah, a right old bloody mess, Rich. Um, it, was, it was. It was a mess. And there's, one, there's, one. And there's there's a lot of discussions across the fan base in terms of, of individual performances. Like, I was not a fan of Harrison Minton's display. I was not a fan of Tom Brewitt's display. It doesn't matter who was worse. I think they both had stinkers. A stinker is a stinker. Uh, Godwin Malife just come back. I think he was possibly the stronger of the three. Um, but it doesn't matter because as a collective, it wasn't good. Now, the one thing that did interest me when I was reading up discussions amongst fans was this this sort of rhetoric that's turning where they're saying, this isn't a Harrison Minton problem. This isn't a Tom Brewitt problem. This isn't a Doka Godwin-Malife problem. This isn't a Fraser Blake-Tracy problem. This is a coaching problem. This is, this is the... This is, the players not being set up to to enhance their ability. What do you think about that? Well, I think there's a few facets to this. And the, the other thing I will say, the performances at Wimbledon and home to Barrow were completely abject, a sort of downing of tools from the playing staff. Uh-huh. And we touched on that on both pods. Um, so that's unacceptable, full stop. Um I think probably what you've seen uh, against Wrexham on Boxing Day and then again last night is, you know, a bit more honesty, plenty of effort. But like I say, the actual, the setup of the team uh, and this 3-4-1-2 formation, which, you know, we used to a lot of success early in the season, um, kind of makes you question, you know, we have been this open all season long. Yeah. And early season, people are talking about it being kind of like basball, to use a cricket term, kind of you know, kamikaze football. But, you know, we're going one-on-one at the back and we're going to create overloads further up the pitch and we're going to score loads of goals. And that was fine because we were scoring more than the opposition, generally. Um, nine games unbeaten at the start of the year. But yeah, we are now in deepest, darkest winter on the back of four defeats. Um, and to be this open... Um, is hurting us. Actually, mm. You've got Godwin Malief coming back, a bit rusty. Brewitt hasn't seemed the same 
post-concussion and then this patella tendonitis, which seems to be hampering him uh, a little bit, I can only assume. Um, Minton, I, th- I think the slight mitigating factor, which I mentioned earlier, is being the right footer on the left. Um, and, you know, there, there were a couple examples you could make a case for him in the way that he brought the ball out, um, sort of making Lavinia look a bit silly, turning inside and then playing some good balls forward. But, yeah, defensively, I think I think the answer isn't at this club right now. I think Blake Tracy does help because physically he's very good in the air. He is a bit beefier. He's more experienced. But I think the answers to fix this defence are the people we're hopefully going to bring in in January. Because so. it is absolutely screaming out for an ugly centre-half who's age 30, mm. who can take the captain's armband immediately and just provide some structure and organisation. And then, if you're slotting in uh, a Godwin Malife or a Blake Tracer or, you know, younger Minton, at least there's some somebody to learn from, someone to lead. Um, you know, I, th- I thought Lewis Ward had a, a very good game in a goalkeeping sense. You know, his distribution's never that good. So I'm, I wouldn't focus on that. I think at least in the last couple of games, we haven't asked him to do too much difficult stuff with his feet. <laughs> We're using him properly. You know, I, I, don't, mean? I don't think he's, he, uh, yeah, he's quite clearly. Yeah. There was the first time yeah. in the season where you see him do the, everyone up, I'm not doing this. Well, I'm going to kick yeah. it. Um, and like, I, I wasn't frothing at the mouth over Lewis Ward's performance generally. And there's a lot of man of the match um, shouts for him for obviously his, his, uh, his heroics in the final seconds. But I, I I think the only thing I will say is I can see why I'm hearing that Flynn doesn't fancy him. Yeah. Well, the point I was going to make was actually, I think Mahoney before him and now Ward, um, they're not screamers. They're not organisers. I mean, Ward might shout a lot, but, you know, he, as a goalkeeper behind the back three, he also takes a share of the organisational blame. Yeah. Which isn't, in its purest sense, goalkeeping. You know, it isn't keeping the ball out the net. But I think if we're going to bring in another keeper, Rich, again, I don't want it to be a particularly sexy sign-in. I think, again, someone in that bracket of 30-32, <laughs> played a lot of games, is a talker, an organiser, to go with that, hopefully experienced, tall, grubby centre-half. I think those could be two very good signings we could make because you need some coaches out there at the back as the game's going on. Um, we've also got in Kinsella and Khan, two quite diminutive, um, not necessarily the most shouty kind of midfielders ahead of them. Um, Shade and Hutton, who again, sort of, quiet but proficient wingers. It's just screaming out for some acknowledgement of the level we're at and get going and getting some stodgy League Two players, I think, would help this side a heck of a lot. Yeah. I, I I'm more inclined to think if he goes if they go in for anyone, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a a third, fourth choice from championship young person in the same mold as Kovac, in the same mold as Bryn, Mahoney. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. Um, otherwise, well, if you're going to do that, is there not a case? 
to just carry on with Ward, frankly. Well, yes, I, I'm inclined to agree. At this moment in time, the spine is more important than the goalkeeper. Yeah, spend the money on the pitch. Yeah, he's not love spending money, as we know. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. But one one, who cares, right? Because we got to keep Kemp. Um, <laughs> and this is this is where, like you said at the top of the pod, this is where like we need Shade doing this every game, multiple times. And not in the way, not in the way that really infuriates Michael Flynn and many town fans. Yeah, um, there was a very similar one-two, um, as the one in the build-up to the, the town second goal uh, against Wrexham, which led to the Wrexham red card. So you know, whatever they're doing on the training ground, um, I think it was a little one-two with Kemp against Wrexham that led to the red card. It's one-two last night with Khan. That led to um, Shady getting in down the left. He wasn't fouled this time um, <laughs> to the byline. And then on his weaker left foot, put it on an absolute plate, plate for for Kempe, who That was not an easy finish, by the way. That was fizzed. And the way he hit it, wow. Mm. That is someone playing with a heck of a lot of confidence. Yeah. Yeah. And this time, celebration number two involved him going on the shoulders of Tyree Shade, which then is <laughs> so funny watching the theatre of uh, of Swindon Town fans, and that created a oh maybe he is going, but I was Kemp. Just, <laughs> keep Kemp, just keep him. It's easy, pay pain and keep Kemp. It's very easy. This um, don't don't listen to me, MK Dons. Don't listen to me on that front. Don't, this is <laughs> for Swindon. Um, yeah, so yet more. Um, lovely. It felt that felt like goodbye stuff, but again, we'll we'll reach a lovely conclusion um, on on the Kemp stuff. Uh, but yeah, lovely, lovely finish and justice as far as I was concerned, because I think we were the better side at that stage. But when I say the better yep. side, not by leaps and bounds, and that we, but we were just better, more controlled um, than 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 the opposition, which is. Um, Kind of encapsulated by the fact then that's when Dini got his uh, red card. Ah, oh, lovely stuff. Um, yeah, I think Troy Dini management fans, you're going to see a lot of this. Um, is a man that doesn't need Forest Green as much as he needs Talk Sport. I think he's going to have quite a <laughs> quite an aggy attitude to uh, fourth official uh, fourth officials in the fourth tier. But it could be Dini um, on Talksport in March. It could be Dini of FGR and Talksport, and it could be Austin doing the same at Swindon. For we know, so it, so before I tease him for that, it could easily be us in a few months' oh, time. Yeah, and that's perhaps that's why Austin's done the farewell camp tweet is because Austin's off. <gasps> dum dum dum. No. You'll see it out. You'll see the season. <laughs> You'll see it out. But yeah. Oh. Um, so so the remainder of the game, uh, again, until the, the board goes up and says eight minutes, I'm not feeling like too worried. No, I was just about to say, actually, I think the timing of the Swindon goal kind of squashed the sort of newfound Forest Green enthusiasm. But Swindon's nose is back in front. And actually, Swindon counter-attacked quite effectively um, after that there was a sort of breakaway and a Hutton low cross very nearly into Young on rushing some good defending in there to clear it there was another moment where Young sort of found himself in down the right most of the people in the ground thinking how's that not offside yeah 
Um, no flag. He dribbled on and sort of an angled effort was pushed away by by Daniels and Kane hit a rather disappointing uh, weak follow up effort, which was cleared for a corner. But yeah, even even the plus eight, it wasn't uh, until sort of the second half of those eight. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, given our recent experience at Accrington, um, <laughs> we just we just ain't very good at stoppage time. No, no, we're but not. I mean. I think you've got to give some credit to Forrest Green. Mm-hmm. They were basically playing with a front five. Yeah. Uh, and, and sort of Ryan Innes, the, the monster centre-half, was like auxiliary centre-forward in that. Yeah. Um, he, he did better than Aidan Flint did when Manchester yes. tried it, that's for sure. But they had people around Innes instead of just Flint on his own. So, yeah. uh, And so, you know, as quite often happens, uh, you know, either the home side break away and score another one. Or you do get a little bit of uh, chaos ensuing. Um, yeah, what was it? 90 plus five. Mm-hmm. Bit of a scrambled in the box. Ended up coming to a chap called Bendel. Um, his low effort. Saved by the legs of Ward. Sort of span up backwards. And Ward Ooh. thankfully dived on it. And like us around, I mean, foolish me for even uttering these words. But you thought, oh, phew, that's the chance. <laughs> nothing can go oh, wrong now. <laughs> nothing can go wrong now. Obviously, I was a long way away, and the heart in mouth thinking, "Oh God, is that crossed the line?" The, the spin was scary. So, but I yeah. actually think the spin took it away from the. It light. did. It and did. Then Ward but, dived on it. Yeah. But in those split seconds, because obviously I'm on that side of of the Don Rogers, and it was never like over the line. There was, you know, when they they were going, "That's over the line." There was never any doubt that it was. No, no, it no, was, no. But it was just if that spin just takes it away from the line in a way that I've never been more grateful in all my <laughs> life. And then I think we even, you know, we hit the bar earlier in the game as well. So it was just like, it was, it was, it was feeling like, okay, that's your moment. Go home now, Forest Green Rovers, go and get your train. Um, but, <laughs> but then came with, one of what well, should have been the last kick of the game, just the most ridiculous decision as we've discussed. And I, I don't really think we need to go into huge detail about whether it was a penalty or not. It absolutely wasn't. Um, was there also a question where you were sat, Rich, about whether it was definitely inside? I, well, it, it didn't. It didn't. I, I couldn't believe it. I mean, I was. I've seen. I've listened to the um the BBC coverage, and and they're saying, "Well, that's a free kick." Oh no, it's a penalty, and it was. I, I didn't even see what it was for. I think I was ball watching and, and those next to me were like, he's given it. So they saw that what was the uh, the the uh, the most, the softest of penalties, the softest, the softest. And the thing that I really want to point out before I forget on this is kudos to the defense at this point for delaying the, the penalty yeah. being taken. Minton and Brewitt were both doing their bit to delay proceedings as was ward which i think in a you know the world world class players that it doesn't impact them but i think 98th minute you can see the the time on the scoreboard above you waste those that minute that minute and a half and it it changes the psychology of taking a penalty and i think that really played a part um before before what was quite a woeful penalty but you've got to stay still it's easy for a goalkeeper to just go left or go right and watch the ball go down the middle Wall did a tremendous job i know cynics will say well he's just stood there but how many times do you see a goalkeeper commit well yeah i mean firstly well done Bruett, minton and ward 
their part in delaying delaying the kick. I'm with you there. It cost Harrison Minton a booking. His first booking of the season. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Which for a centre-half who plays for Swindon, <laughs> how often you, you are exposed, um, he's clearly got some quite good discipline about him. Um, but yeah, the, the penalty. Um, it, I would love to get the inside skip here from Mildenhall and Ward about whether or not they've studied Matty Stevens' penalties. And they've said, Do you know what? Stand still. Yeah. Be ballsy. Stand still. Stand up. But yeah, I mean, it wasn't even that fiercely hit. It wasn't sort of between Ward's head height and the crossbar. It was, yeah. It's it hard. A bad penno. Um, they should have given it to the Oxford man. Yeah, hit it hard and hit it high. In the, no messing around. No, no, it's down the middle. You know where people want it. That the place where I could never put a penalty, but like spare mm-hmm. penalty takers to do it. And the the celebration of that, of course, a lot of the celebrations for this was the, the just the sheer feeling of relief and justice that yeah. that that we didn't lose two points for what was an, another one of those. Howard Webb or whoever's been on the phone and apologised, you know, the most <laughs> pointless, <laughs> tokenistic gestures ever. Were you going to give us our points back? No. Okay, well, you know, thanks. And you put the phone <laughs> down. And it was a very euphoric moment in a season where there's not been much euphoria of late. No, it's just sheer relief, like you're yeah. saying. We hadn't thrown it away. Um, you know, Drawing last night would be sat here now very gloomy. That would have been a December that would have only yielded one point. Instead, we got three. Um, it's still terrible, you know. It's, it's been it's it's absolutely st- terrible. Swindon Town in the fourth tier, you know, without going over loads of old ground, you know, it's, it's still terrible. It's not acceptable. But, but we love to win. <laughs> but just yeah, it you know to stop the rot. Quite often, the stop the rot games are. Our ugliest sin, um, and hopefully, we'll put something better out against Crawley. If that's going to be the farewell game for Young and Kemp, yeah, it'd be lovely to get a goal each and make it two wins on the trot, just to give us that glimmer, glimmer of hope going into January, and people start dreaming about how we're going to replace them. And, and uh, this is the, we, yeah. <laughs> and this is where we do get to the Kemp and Young um, situation. So both of them were given away shirts at full time. Um, our very own Honor Fraser sent a wonderful message in in the WhatsApp um, chat where, where she said people are analysing Kemp like a Taylor Swift song. <laughs> Couldn't <laughs> be more spot on. Every single thing Kemp did in those moments of glory um, when he scored his first and second and then post-match, everyone's just like, well, that that to me says they stay. That to me, they say they're, they're gone. Uh, personally, you know, a game against Forest Green Rovers um, in, in a, a, a mid-table lower league, League 2 clash and you're on the shoulders of a player and then giving away shirts at the end of the game, including one to your teammate's son, it doesn't strike me as a as a as a new deal, but crazier things have happened at Swindon Town. But like I said earlier, I'm really relaxed about it. I'm just like it's at time of recording. It's the 30th of December. We're just days away from finding out 
let's just find out when it comes. Let's just see what happens. What is more definitive is Young. Young appears to be very much gone. Um, they, they're so sure about that. I'm more than sure he's already lined up a club or he's, he's going to be playing for Bradford. Who knows? We wish him well when when that's being that's confirmed. The Kemp thing sort of strung along a little bit by those sort of noises that you hear come out um, from fans who have talked to people at the club. We all want Kemp to stay. Keep Kemp. Just keep him. But there's a this is a lot of <laughs> a lot of gestures here for somebody who might stick around. <laughs> nah, my position on this hasn't altered for probably about two or three months. I think I was saying it really quite early in the season. I don't see how we keep him beyond January because A, he's really good. B, you know, he's not a show pony. He actually backs it up with goals and assists. You look at his calendar year 23. Yeah. Just league goals. I think he's yeah. got nine in 16 for Hartlepool. He's now got oh, 13 league goals and about 25 appearances for Swindon Town. Probably the thing that's stopping him getting a really quite good move is the fact he is 25 and not 21 or 22. But come on, top end league one. If you're looking for an attacking midfielder, so the, the, the like, thing he's the, your man. He's, the thing that class. the thing that's keeping fans alive in terms of their hopes is one those sort of things that you know Kemp clearly has enjoyed himself, but he enjoyed himself at Hartlepool too. Um, of course, he was going to go down into non-league. But when you sort of say, why would he stay here? Other fans will say, well, it didn't work for Payne when he got his big move. But but Kemp's already had that move, really. And that was MK Dons in League One when he left Leighton Orient. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you could, you have to... It's that age thing that does concern me. Maybe if he was 22... I know that maybe he'd want to stick around and go, well, I've got a couple of years. I can, you know, I can, I can build my career at Swindon and then get my big move. But if, if there is a league one side that works for him, then, you know, and also we've got to be able to afford this. The hope is that, (laughs) you know, my hope is that we keep him on loan, but we've got to be able to, to pay. We've got to be able to structure a deal and yeah, I can't see any deal lasting beyond the summer. You know, maybe a two-year deal with a promise that we'll sell on or something like that. But anyway, that's that's all hypothetical. I I want him to stay until I see him with a, a, another team's shirt on. I will be I will be hopeful that he stays, or, or at least wishing. I don't expect it, but it will be nice. It will give put a little faith in football um, if we do manage to do something, but. What cannot be denied is his contribution has been terrific. And as has Jake Young's, especially during those lovely sunny days. But over the the first half of the season, Kemp has been the most consistent and it will be hard. It will take a heck of a signing or a heck of change of form for the rest of the squad to uh, take my player of the season vote away from Kemp at this moment in time. Oh, yeah. Kemp's the man. And... Look, folks, he ain't staying. Don't tease yourself by thinking that he is. He, there's no scenario I can picture where yeah. he stays here. Certainly not a scenario where we structured a deal to buy him. Just He's been a fantastic mini-servant to Swindon Town over half season. It's been a joy to watch. He's a class player. 
you know, whatever club he goes to next, and if it is top end league one, he just needs to slot straight in and play every week. Yeah. So he's that good. Um, I, you know, don't go somewhere, sit on the bench, Kempi. You want to play, and it, he's a guy who plays with a lot of joy. So good on you, Kempi. Thank you. And on Young, well, he is a bit more of a streaky striker, as we've seen, even just over half a season at Swindon Town. He is currently five games without a goal. Um, as we enter January, which I'm not saying he hasn't contributed over over that period. He has. He's not been but there was a little bit of a illness or an injury in there as well, which you know, he looked dead rusty in that Barrow home game. I think he was playing half fit. But yeah, I mean best if you could give career. me one. If you best could give me one, it'd be Kemp. All day long. Um, All day I long. think you know, if you've got another good forward being fed by Kemp for half a season, I fancy they'd probably have yeah. 14 or 15 as well. So probably young is easier to replace, but still galling to see to see him go back and probably for the club, some big regrets that they didn't do a deal in the summer when his stock was really low. Yeah, both of them. Both of them. Um, I will yeah. say it now. I'm more than sure both both Bradford and MK would have happily sold if we if we could have met the valuation. I really do, and it would not have been as high as it probably is now. Um, I, I I just I just I just remember Rob Angus early in this Clem Funi era talking about how they didn't want to rely on loans, and they even sort of didn't use the full, you know, five allocated amount a lot of the time. And it just feels like we've done nothing but in the end, which might have been a bit of naivety from them, but it's getting a bit tiring. If they do all go, like it's very likely that all four loan signings from the summer are going to be gone for various reasons. Yeah, and it that that cannot. I I, I need to see the data. I need to see if that's a, a, an EFL problem, or if that's a Swindon Town problem, or maybe a bit of both. I think it's a problem when the players do well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, as I understand it, if we were in a position to pay a loan fee and cover all their wages, then you know we'd be in the position to call the shots in January. Yeah, I think because Swindon generally try to make the deals as cheap as they can for the the club, which you know some people might say good on them, but you're not in the driving seat. When it comes to that player's future uh, in January, no, not um, at all. and here we are. So you're losing 31 goals, approximately sort of you know, 13 or 14 assists to. Um, it's going to be a major impact on this side, even if you replace them. Mm. Um, you might need three or four to replace them, which I wouldn't be against, given the uh, criminal lack of numbers in this squad as it is. Yeah, well. Swindon shot up to 12th uh, as a result of that win. Um, unfortunately, eight points away from the playoffs, but only one point away from 16th. So we're very much in that pack where you either saw or you plummet. So it we're, Just, we're poised. Apologies. Um, I think we're five points off the playoffs, aren't we? Apologies. Yeah, we are five, but yeah, still. Not eight. Yeah, still. That's, that's one, a chunk of one chunk of point points, yeah. away from Morecambe, but cheerfully withdrawn. So yeah, five points away. So still, still needing to find that form, and also the, those above us to to fall apart. Which is the thing is, 
this season can be salvaged. And I know that a lot are like, it won't be. I'm possibly more inclined to think, you know, 10th, 11th, 12th might be about right for this Swindon Town side. But until I see who they bring in in January, it's it's a fool's errand to predict either way, whether we'll sink or we'll swim. We didn't hear from Flynn post-match, which I found a bit peculiar. I don't know what the reasons were for it. I'm sure they were they were perfectly valid. Maybe he was too angry with the officiating and he didn't want to get a fine. Um, Hatswell took the uh, the duties. Hatswell, like 48 years old with a 10-month-old baby. Ooh, don't, don't envy that, Wayne Hatswell. <laughs> That's, <laughs> um, I certainly relate to the adrenaline side of things. And I'm just a fan. I got home just before midnight and I wasn't sleeping straight away. But it always happens mm -hmm. on night games. But we didn't hear from Flynn. It would have been nice to hear from Flynn because he's had a tough month. And it would have been nice to him to have enjoyed that if indeed he did enjoy that win. Um, we'll see if there's a presser over the next 24 hours. But gosh, he needed that. Oh, yes. Any manager with five defeats on the spin, regardless of your circumstances at your club off field, that's starting to get very perilous. Do you think so, he's yeah. gone if we, if we draw or lose that? I don't know, actually. Mm -hmm. um, I think the noise would have got louder in the fan base if yeah. we'd lost to the... Sorry, lost or drawn to... The worst Pe people team. are attributing poor performances now more to Flynn's tactics than they are the individual players now. I will say that that tide is, has turned. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, as harsh as it sounds, you know, he's yeah. the manager. He has towed the company line, you know, as it's now showing kind of disastrously. Mm. Um, and that's up to him, you know. Uh, we are still playing with this very open style which you know, that's down to him he's got to get the best out of the players that are available I'd rather it wasn't 12 or 13 players every single game but yeah um, more lens is coming down on him now but in a more normally run club he would have been majorly under the pump um, probably back in November time before we had that little run of draw win win yeah yeah but here we are Wacky well, races, Swindon Town. Wacky races, indeed. Well, yeah. next up is Crawley on New Year's Day. Um, we'll be thinking about that 6-0 against Crawley earlier in the season where Young got four of his goals and how the most un-6-0 ever because Crawley had some real, real chances in that first half. And I'll be really interested to see how it goes because we've got players who might be playing their last ever game. We've got against a team with Scott Lindsay who will be probably desperate to get vengeance on that 6-0. They're very much even with us if they were to beat as they go above us. Um, it, I'm very much looking forward to seeing how this pans out. Yeah, well, I had a little look earlier. I was aware Paulie's form's been a bit up and down, but actually... Of, of the league games, they've lost nine of the last 14. Yeah. So over that longer-term trend, similar to ourselves, actually, good start, surprise package, fade in quite quickly. They don't seem to draw a lot. It tends to be a win or a loss, which was something else which happened under Lindsay at Swindon, actually. It's about it, not many draws. Um, yeah. 
I imagine he is hyper motivated to win. Um, sometimes that can tip over. I think it did uh, last too time. much that way. Yeah. Uh, it seemed to last time, and actually, hopefully, that six nil is fresh in the minds. Um, I've not seen an update on ticket sales, but we're normally pretty well supported at Crawley, with it being only a sort of hour, hour and a half round um, the M4 and M25. So, yeah, I don't know. I've just I kind of got this nagging feeling Kemp and Young are going to sign off with something nice. Um, if we could just make it two wins on the trot, you then introduce the outlandish possibility that, uh, you know, a, a reasonable January might well, keep you interested next. into the yeah. spring. Um, yeah. Colchester are pretty hopeless. Yeah, I know they've done us at Colchester not so long ago, but their results have really gone off a cliff as well since uh, that little flurry of wins under Everington at the start. But yeah, I don't know. We just... My overriding feeling is this, the season's gone, right? And the mm-hmm. squad's about to get weaker, even if you replace, because you're not going to necessarily get the quality of Kemp and Young and, and their output, more importantly, in terms of goals and assists. I need to see it before I can make that call, because Young was, yeah. a, was a filler signing, in my opinion, and then he goes and scores 16 goals. So, you know... Um, this is this is not rose tinted. What's the point if I if I, I've got to be optimistic? It was the reason why I thought we were going to beat Forest Green Rovers. It's, if I, if I can, if I've got to be optimistic. I don't have much faith in in the individuals to make to make the big calls. But Jake Young was supposed to be a bench filler, and it was meant to be a Hepburn Murphy Austin season, and Young did an incredible job. Um, for large parts so if we get a signing or two that are dull and don't blow our socks off and then turn out good then who knows but like we're talking about like our desperation to keep Kemp but he's been a part of this side and if you don't build around him then we're going to be 12th this season and that's yeah well See, for me, January recruitment, it's only one month long. It's generally reputedly a difficult month to do business in. Mm. And for me, there's almost, there's three swim lanes here. You've got probably the most difficult one is replace Mahoney, Young, Kemp. Because that's three quality players there. Yeah. Um, Oh, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not um, talking about playoff pushes because I think, oh, I think yeah. too many of the top ten we won't we won't be able to overtake. I don't see much capitulation in in the top five six. I think I think you know MK Dons will kick on and you know Barrow might fall away, but that's a bit disrespectful because they've had a tremendous season. But after that, you've still got teams that are better than us above there. So. I, yeah. I, I'm not. I'm not. Talk, I'm not talking about strengthening in like maybe making the playoffs. It's just maybe saving us from embarrassment. Maybe giving us a positive second half of the season, which is what we need ahead of you know renewing and so forth. Yeah. Well, to that, if Flynn's staying, and we're going to have some stability on the management side of the club anyway, you know, a sort of bit part, the odd positive moment, second half of the season which could at least be portrayed as a building block towards next year under Flynn is about all you could grasp for, I fear. So yeah, swim lane one, replace. And that's hard 
because they're good players. Yeah. Swim lane two, I, I'd describe as Phil, because this squad has got some holes. Um, even with Kemp at the, at the club, we don't have another attacking creative midfielder. Um, you've got Aguia at Worthing. Every now and again, Kane plays a little bit higher at the pitch, but I'm not having that. Like We are an attacking midfielder short, even with Kemp at the club. Something I've banged on about all season is absolutely unacceptable that we've gone into this year with three professional strikers on the books. Yeah. And we've paid for that because you've absolutely flogged Austin into the ground. Um, you've seen again last night, very little impact on the match. Um, Lots of endeavour. Murphy's... Go on. Lots of endeavour, but not enough impact. Yeah. Um Hepburn Murphy's been missing pretty much since um, the FA Cup tie, where he had a little niggle ahead of the older shot game. Jake Young about to go back. So actually, there's there's some filling to do in terms of just pure bodies. Um, and then swim lane three, which I think I think there's actually quite a lot of emphasis on the need to move some people on. Actually. Um, because whilst we are desperately short in attacking midfield and forwards, um, we are really carrying quite a lot of weight at wing-back um, and, dare say, even centre-halves. Um, I know we're saying about the defence being awful, but, you know, you've got a Wackway who looked passable at best at left wing-back. He's been injured for a long time. Divine... Long-term injury recovery. Genesini, who Flynn is clearly not keen on. Um, we're worried about losing Hutton. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly Khan too. So actually, trimming a bit of fat where there is fat. You know, Ben Ward is a defender we've barely used. Um, unsure on Cockalo's future, whether we're going to be able to use his wage elsewhere. Um, yeah. That whole host of wing backs there who, you know, if you could get some of them out and make it a bit more of an even spread across the squad, you know, that would help. But it remains to be seen how much upheaval there'll be. I fear there's going to be a lot and it's going to almost be starting again. And what kind of second half of the season that will give us? I don't have a bloody clue, Rich. Yeah. Well, talking my, of. My inclination is. The season's going nowhere. Okay, well, much like this episode, um, and talk about trimming the fat, I'm going to have to, uh, yeah, you were right, 45 minutes was, was a wild dream. But, Dan, thank you very much. Cheers, Rich. Cheers, all. The Low Strangers is an independent supporters podcast. The views given do not reflect those of Swindertown Football Club or their official partners. The music is provided by the great Matthew Kilford and the podcast logo was created by the most splendid Matt in Singapore. Thanks for listening. Come on you Reds! Come on Swindon! Hi Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, 
or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant like Darren Ward, or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 